0: Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 103 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I just want to welcome you to today's episode. If you've been here a while, welcome back. And if you're new, well, I'm so excited that you're here. If you are new around here, you may not know that I am a Southern girl. I am a sixth or maybe seventh, I haven't gone back to count recently, generation Texan. And I grew up in a smallish town between Houston and the Louisiana border in Southeast Texas, a town called Beaumont. Now, I lived there until I was 18, and since then, I've lived in several different places. First, I lived in College Station as I attended Texas A&M, whoop, and my son is there right now, actually, going to school at A&M as well. I've also lived in France for a short while for a study abroad program. I lived in Northern Virginia with my husband for 10 years. And then most recently, um, and recent being the past 15 years, I've lived in the North Dallas, Area. And throughout all those moves, when I visited my hometown of Beaumont, one thing always stayed the same. My granny would have a huge pot of chicken and dumplings for me when I went to see her. Now, I truly, guys, I do not have words to describe how yummy they are. I have never found anything that is like them or measures up to them in any restaurant or made by any of my friends ever anywhere. And while I do have the recipe, she did share that with me, I have never been able to replicate it because, guys, I actually looked this up so that I could tell you what it literally says. Here's what, here's how it starts out. Fill the mixing bowl half full with flour, add all the above ingredients, and mix until the dough is stiff. Um. Okay, well, how big is the mixing bowl supposed to be? And what does stiff dough look like? Now, when I've asked her for more of these details, she just tells me, just add flour till it feels and looks right. Um, not very helpful, Granny. I want measurements and step-by-step instructions that I can check off as I go. And the thing is, I know she's not trying to be difficult. It really is true for her because she's practiced making the recipe so many times that she's able to wing it and has a real feel for when all the ingredients are coming together in exactly the right way. Now, I feel like connection with our teens is kind of like that. Now, right now, I know that around the world, from different friends that I have, all the way from California to the East Coast to different places in Europe, I know that school looks different for everyone right now. But one thing that is the same for every teacher out there is this issue of connection. And whether you're teaching face-to-face or virtually, it is always a challenge to hit your groove and really form a connection with the students that you're working with. And I'm talking the kind of connection that puts tears in your eyes on the last day of school because you are so sorry to see this particular group of kids move on. Now, the problem is that the teachers who do know how to connect well, they're often not able to communicate exactly how they're doing it well. And like my granny's chicken and dumplings, it might be because they've got lots of experience doing it as a veteran teacher. Or it may even be like my sister is, who she is a very gifted cook, a chef really, and she can figure things out as she goes when she cooks. I am definitely not like that. Now, if you are struggling with figuring out how to connect with your students, please know, You are not alone in this. And I also want you to know that it is a very learnable skill. And that's what I'm sharing with you guys today. The five best ways or ingredients, if you will, to create connection with your middle school students in your classroom. Again, whether it be in person or virtually. Now, the number one thing that you have to do to connect with your students is to be authentic. And what I mean by this is that they know you're not perfect, you know you're not perfect, so you really want to share your struggles and your mistakes and even use them maybe as teaching moments with your students. I know um, a good friend of mine who's an English teacher talks about doing read-alouds where She walks through what she's thinking as she's reading the text so that she's modeling how to analyze text with students as she goes along. And I would say that's a really good idea to do when you have a struggle or you're dealing with a mistake, right? So you want to to model that with them. You also want to tell them and share with them exactly what you want and by what you want i mean what your dreams and goals are within the classroom share your why with them why are you in the classroom with them why did you decide to teach why did you choose the subject that you chose what is it that you love about it so just be very real and forthright with them and authentic in those things and number two is along the same lines you need to be very honest with your students to create connection. You need to get super comfortable with saying things like, I don't know. And when you do say you don't know because you don't know, be sure to follow up with a let's figure it out together or maybe even assign one of your students to do a little bit of research to figure things out, whatever it is that you don't know. Or you might even tell them, let me ask around and I'll get back to you on it. But regardless, you want to follow up and give them the answer eventually. But in the moment, if you don't know, that's okay. It's okay to just say, hey, I don't know. Also, you need to recognize very clearly when it's time to say, I'm sorry. And you want to practice apologizing graciously. And I would say that that is modeling at its very best because it shows kids that it's okay to make mistakes. And When you admit when you've made mistakes, that builds trust. And you guessed it, that creates connection. And then number three, ingredient number three would be you need to be vulnerable about what makes you, you. Okay. And I am not talking about, um, I think Brene Brown puts it this way. You don't want to shine floodlights at them and just give them a deluge of exactly who you are and share all your secrets or anything. I'm definitely not saying that because hopefully, and, and I am sure that you guys all know that that would not be professional or appropriate, right? But you kind of want to be like twinkle lights, where you're kind of gradually sharing who you are. And that may look like sharing some of your funny quirks. Um, For me, I know one of my huge quirks and my husband laughs at me about it all the time. One of the ways that I relax and kind of get in a Zen type state is I have an app. And I think it's called, oh my gosh, I can't remember what it's called. But it's basically like a paint by the square kind of thing where where the app pulls up a pattern that might be flowers or a sunset or something like that. And each square has a different number and each number is assigned a color. So it's basically like paint by numbers but it's on my phone. And that just soothes me for whatever reason. And then I have something beautiful at the end. And yes, I know I'm quirky with that. So anyway, that's one of my quirks. What is something like that, a way that you relax or something funny like that, that you can share with your students and and find things, little things like that, things that you wouldn't think twice about that will really make you a whole person to your students rather than just you know, Mrs. Kelly, or the teacher, or, or whatever. Okay, and then also, as far as being yourself, um, what makes you laugh? And again, I point back to, of course, this needs to be very student appropriate. But what are the jokes and things that make you laugh? Or what are memes that you've seen that you think are funny, that would be appropriate to share? Can you share some of those with your kids? And then also, I would say, rock your style. What are the colors that make you happy that you can wear? What are the, um, uh, you know, are you super happy wearing, um, you know, vintage looking dresses or, or whatever? Just it doesn't matter what it is that you're wearing, again, as long as it's appropriate, but let your your style choice, share with the kids a little bit of who you are as well. Maybe it's wearing a funny t-shirt on the days that you have like casual Fridays or whatever, but let them get to know you in that way. And also I would say, share your stories. This is something that I've talked about on the podcast before. You really want to sit down and maybe make an inventory of stories from your middle school days or your childhood or maybe while you were in college. Stories where you've learned a lesson and it's a lesson that you want to share with your students, because I'm telling you, stories are the very best way for all of us to learn. It's the way that we're wired to take in information and a story is going to stick with your students way longer than any kind of just dry lesson. Most of all, I want you to share your problems and frustrations. I go back to that number one, being authentic and just remind you doing those talk alouds, sharing your problems problems with them and how you make decisions, that is going to be super connecting. And I am not talking about the problem of you had an argument with your spouse or your um, sister or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, oh my goodness, I need to figure out where to go to vote. And so here's what I'm doing to be able to figure it out. I looked up this website and here I drove over here and I put it in my phone. You know, all the little day-to-day decisions and issues that you have, really think about and be intentional about which ones you can share with your students that will create a connection while still again, and I know I've said it like 15 times, because I just want to make sure that you're being appropriate, because there is a level and I will share one of these kind of as I wrap up these five things. There are some things that's obviously not appropriate to share with your students. But when it is when it's something that can be a teachable moment with them, take it right. And that leads me And to number four, ingredient number four is recognize and take connection opportunities. Sometimes, even if you're in the middle of a really important lesson, I would say it's actually more important to take the time to relate to and share things in that moment. If you feel the energy of the room and, and feel that it is a prime moment to connect, whether it's through your content, or maybe something's happened in class, somebody has said something, or there's been an outburst, or, or whatever it is, learn to discern which of those moments are ones that you can jump on and really create connection with them. And you really do have to look at that with discernment to know when to take that action immediately. Sometimes you might want to say, oh my goodness, guys, there is a story here that that reminds me of. If we can get through these notes and have a couple minutes left at the end of class, I will share the story with you. So you can kind of hold hold that connection moment out as a carrot, okay? And then sometimes you need to have the discernment to know, you know, what? Nope, this is not a place of connection at all. It's probably quite the opposite. I need to stay on track and just keep moving. But allow for some flux in your day and know that sometimes it is okay to set the lesson aside if there's a teachable moment, a connection moment with your students. And then the last thing that I will share, number five, is the ingredient of being aware. Here are some things you need to be aware of when you are connecting in this way. Number one, straight up, they're going to make fun of you. When you are sharing your crazy sense of humor, if you're sharing that you color by number on an app to help you relax in the afternoons or whatever, expect some teasing and some pushback. And that is okay. That is so developmentally appropriate for teens to do. But just hold on to the fact that you are modeling something beautiful for them. And that by being yourself and putting it out there and using it as a way to connect with them, you are creating that connection and you're making it okay for them to do the same thing. Okay, and I know that this is a horse that I'm beating to death, but you also want to be aware of what is appropriate and what is not appropriate to share with your students. And I think I'm pretty sure I've shared this before, but I know a few years ago when we went to my son's back to school night or his curriculum night, one of his teachers just kind of in an offhanded way um, spent most of the six or seven minutes that we had with him. And this was a situation where we were like walking my son's schedule. So we had just a few minutes with each teacher and then time for walking from class to class. Anyway, so we in that brief amount of time that we had with this gentleman, he shared some really intense things with us, things that really did not set a tone of confidence or trust between himself and and we as the parents. Now, I would say I'm quite sure that that teacher was a great teacher and Knew how to connect, but that was absolutely not the thing to share in the moment. Right. And my concern in the moment, too, was, yikes, I don't want him to share that with the kids necessarily, because as an educator myself, I knew that if as a parent, I was feeling a little distrustful of him and not sure where he was taking things His students would most certainly feel that way, too. So I would say you want to make sure that you are sharing things that are building trust and inspiring trust and connection rather than causing doubts or detracting from it. So that's just kind of a good rule of thumb to think about. And then I also truly want to make you aware, and I I alluded to this a second ago, but just be aware and know that you are making a difference. Just the very fact that you want to connect is a huge deal. And connecting with them models what it looks like to show up courageously and wholly yourself. All right, so those are those five ingredients for connecting with your middle school students. And Just like me trying to make those chicken and dumplings, your beginning attempts are going to be messy and awkward and probably a little frustrating and things might turn out flat or you may even crash and burn. But I would just say this, just keep going, keep showing up. And the more that you practice, the better and the better you're going to get at this connection stuff. Okay, friends, thank you so, so much for hanging out with me today. I just love talking to you guys, and I would love to hear all the different ways that you are connecting with students in your classrooms. And also, if you are feeling particularly generous, I would love for you to head to iTunes and leave a rating and a review for In the Middle of It, because if this has been helpful in any way at all for you, I would love for you to do that so that others can find the podcast as well and leaving a rating and a review is the absolute best way for others to find the podcast. Okay, friends, from an ish girl who is going to brave that chicken and dumpling recipe over the holidays this year, I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together.